to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdahl. C70 is bad at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Redbird. A Medlock one on Twitter Friday morning after a terrible... I, there are really not many words for what happened last night. Cardinals up 7-1 to one against a Pirates team that's going to lose well over 100 games this year um, in the what the sixth inning, I guess they were still up seven to three. Um, and then it all, all went to pot. Um, Alan, you know, there's been a lot of focus and we'll get to it. I'm going to talk about the relief and, and what happened in that seventh inning, but it, it, I hate to put any blame on the offense cause they did score seven runs, but they scored seven runs in the first three innings and then just shut it down. And, and usually seven runs is enough, but it'd be nice to at least have, something going on after after that yeah you know it's funny how you put that as well because in the back of my mind i'm thinking man they scored seven for them that's a that's a week you know this is that's a a pretty nice feeling but you know the the minute and i worried from seven three on i just felt like it was going to be one of those games afterwards yesterday because pittsburgh never laid down and you knew they were gonna get back into it but after they took the lead honest to goodness I kind of laid my head down to go to sleep because I knew the Cardinals couldn't score four runs. Mm-mm. You know, I was like, there's no chance. I might as well have Milwaukee's pitching on the other side now because it's not, uh, they're, uh, they're not going to score runs anyway. And that's, that's just really difficult. And like, you know, like we had kind of talked about before the show, it's, we, there was a, a glimmer of hope coming out of Pittsburgh and, and Kansas City of Goldschmidt and Arenado just taking off and really just destroying the ball. And then you have what happens to Arnado at home, and they still like now you're trying to gain ground, and, and O'Neill's hurt. It's I don't know. It's just one of those things that there's there's a ton of signs that point to hey the cards are going to get close, but not close enough. Kind of what we had talked about about a month ago. Yeah, I mean they they keep dancing around that spot where there's enough that well it could happen, and then you know because going in even as bad as they played at that homestand, you know San Diego played. About as bad, if not worse. Cincinnati lost a couple of games here and there, and so they had, they went into this weekend or this series here this yesterday. What three and a half behind the Reds? You got six games left with them. You think okay, you know there's a there's a chance. It's not a great chance, but it's at least interesting. You know the Reds win yesterday afternoon, so you know going into the game you have to the Cardinals have to win, um, and then to lose that you drop four and a half back, and again it's. It's almost like the focus to me shifts from can they make that, you know, can they really push this, make this interesting to 
can they do enough to stay over 500? Because, you know, they got up over, what was it, five games up now, and now they're, what, one? Uh, you know, they've, of course, we've talked about them. They're a, it feels like this is a 500 team, but you'd really like to see them at least beat that mark. Sorry about that. I had the mute on. Yep. Without a doubt, I mean, that is uh, – it's, it's funny. I was listening to uh, some sports talk this morning, and and they were they, – they called out the records, and I was like, man, I cannot believe that's where they are. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's just what well, we kind of thought they were, but then when it kind of gets thrown in your face and you're just dancing around that 500 line, it's it's – it's it's just something you're not accustomed to, you know, and and a lot of it may be historical. You just think that runs coming, and I, I'm guilty of that completely. I kept thinking they're too good to be where they are, and I just wonder how wrong I was on that. And then uh, maybe all around the fan base feels like that, but uh, but yeah, I mean you you could see it would not surprise me if they go in four and a half and Cincinnati just knocks the teeth out and and really you know makes them start playing toward 22 more than they even have outwardly said they were going to. And that's just something I didn't expect to happen. And, you know, how close are they to the uh, preseason prognostication on record? Yeah, I mean... When the misses on them, yeah. Yeah, everybody kind of had them right around that 83. You know, what, uh, Pakoda had them, I think, at 78. Um, And they're still, knock on all sorts of wood, probably going to beat Pakoda like they always do. But... You know, most other teams had them 80, at projections had them 82, 83, somewhere in that range. And yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we'll have time for postseason, you know, look backs and stuff. But yeah, it really feels like, you know, when we do, you know, their approach to June is going to be the biggest thing that we're going to look at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those as well where you where you wonder, you kind of feel guilty by saying, man, why didn't they do something in June? Mm-hmm. Because you think they had to have tried something to try to get somebody. They tr- didn't try that hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I You say that because guys were out there, and it's, uh, I don't know, that's a head-scratcher to me. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, like I said, we'll have, we'll have time for that. But right now, you're right, you know, it, the Reds play the Marlins this weekend. The Cardinals still, of course, have three with the Pirates. But given the way the Cardinals have, you know, they've what the season series it was. It's ten to six. Cardinals still lead it to the season series, but um, you know, there's no guarantee. You got Adam Wainwright going on Saturday. That's you feel pretty good about that one. But there's no guarantee on either one of the other games. You know, you you may wind up with a split. You might wind up losing the series. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully not. No, I agree. But, I agree. That's the first thing I thought last night. I was like, if there was ever a must-sweep series, it was this one. Yeah, you really – at least three or four. Um, and, and they still got a chance for that, but we'll see. But, yeah, sweep would have been – would have made this upcoming series against the Reds interesting. Because you're right. If if Even if they're at four and a half back going into Cincinnati, you know, losing that series probably you know makes September moot. I really, uh, it's really hard. I mean, it, unless the Reds collapse. Yeah, I was going to say, it would take collapse. Uh, and I don't think, I think we've looked, the Reds' schedule isn't as, it's definitely not as hard as the Cardinals. Um, and there's no, I mean, this team doesn't feel like a team that's going to just put it all together. You know, it's not, yeah. you know, we, we, a lot of talk, you know, of course, about the 2011 team is we're 10 years out and then where they were at this time, because this is you're right when they started that run. But this team doesn't, 
feel and doesn't look like it has the players to make any sort of sustained run. I mean, if they won, if they won four games in a row from now to the end of the year, I mean, would you be surprised? I don't, I feel like I would be, I don't think they could ever sustain anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, it's, uh, I've, it, it's tough for me to say. It's it's just one of those things to where you have to eat a little bit of crow because I've expected just so much more of the talent that's on the roster. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and think about it. We thought that, uh, man, if this outfield figures it out, they're going to be all right. Well, I wouldn't say they, they've set the world on fire, but that's not going to be a weakness they're going to try to approach in the offseason, I wouldn't think. No. It's, just, well, it's some of the guests. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I mean, you know, one of those things. But it's... Um, it's funny that a lot of the guys I had a lot of faith in, it's just it's just never really taken off. And it's I mean it's kind of tough. You just kind of wonder a couple of years ago, a guy out of St. Louis who's a he's a big fan uh, he is a big uh, you know, daily fantasy guy and I was on a podcast with him and and I did one a uh, preseason deal. I, I think it was 19 as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And a guy from St. Louis sent in a, a uh, sent in a question that said, do you really have that much faith in the Cardinals? Because I feel like the roster is a mess. And I kind of thought, well, how can you feel that way? I mean, you're pretty much loaded everywhere. And thinking back now, a couple of years, you do kind of wonder, you know, what has gone wrong and why they don't have the sustained success and how much of it is on the roster right now. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is difficult because you're right. You look at the roster, at least in the face of it, and it says, this is a team that should win. Um, I think it's somewhat also, I mean, I wrote a post this morning and I was looking at things and maybe, and I, it really, as I was writing it, I looked, you know, cause I was looking at the last two games. It's just in the recaps. The Cardinals had just about as many base runners last night as they did against the Tigers on Wednesday night. But last night they scored seven runs and, you know, on Wednesday, they scored three. Yeah. And I think that it's somewhat indicative of what we've seen this season, right? Things just don't click at the same time. You know, we've talked so much about how Goldschmidt and Arenado can't seem to get on the same page for some reason. And, you know, when, you know, and, and some of that's injuries, you know, and Tyler O'Neill's doing well and Bader's on the injured list. So you've got, you know, Justin Williams out there or whatever, or you've got Flaherty gone and Wainwright's having this great year and all this kind of stuff. Just It's just not clicking and some of that's baseball but you do wonder about if there's something you could do to make this roster a little bit more um consistent yeah yeah i mean and and it's one of those i'm glad you brought up wednesday because screwball just dominated them yeah i mean you know i mean if it wasn't if it wasn't uh if it wasn't for goldschmidt's bomb they were in bombs they would have been in serious trouble and i mean he he was carving them up and in the back of my mind, I always say this. I'm just like, this guy has a lot of potential, and I would love to have him. But how much of this is the Cardinals' offense as well? <laughs> you know, and I, and I hate the, to be like that. I mean, it was it was one of those, and I know that we have beat a dead horse with this. You know, most of my adult life, definitely adult life, post-college life, you could almost tell when the Cardinals were going to win in those must-win games. You know what I mean? You could almost pick it and say, there's no way they're losing this one just because their back's against the wall. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case the last two years, really. And that that that's almost hard to take, um, and it's the, like one of those. It, last night is just such an enigma that you're just wondering. Okay, I'll take you step by step on how I felt. So I never really felt comfortable even after 
you know, the seven runs. Right. And it's just one of those things. It just feels like end of the season. Those guys have nothing to play for. So a lot of times you play harder when it's like that. You you play loose. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't like playing the teams that are bottom dwellers at this point in the season because this kind of stuff happens. Right. Now, I'm not a big fan of stretching Miller out for two innings. And I thought, eh, you know, I, I understand where you're going with this. If there's ever a time to do it, this is probably it. Well, after the trouble comes up and then you see Cabrera getting loose, you're thinking, okay, you feel pretty good about this because Cabrera's been really, really good lately. Well, then the Cabrera happened last night and things that you hadn't seen, which immediately made me think back to you and I and everybody having the conversations on the show of you feel pretty good when they put themselves in these situations of a Cabrera or the back of the bullpen or, okay, Arnado's coming up or you've got Goldschmidt coming up. Those things that you used to have that you felt so good about happening and those are the better players on the roster. When those things start to, to fail you, you know that you're probably in trouble. So whenever Cabrera fell apart last night, I was thinking, he's one of the last lines of defense right now. And if that's going to happen, their bullpen is going to be in serious trouble, and they may not win many more games the rest of the way. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about last that inning, especially <laughs> um, because in the, it. yeah, in the, <laughs> in the moment that there was a lot of recrimination against Mike Shield and. Not that that's changed this morning or anything <laughs> of that nature, I yeah. don't think. Uh, but I think it is somewhat, uh, some of that is defensible. I think some of it's not. I mean, um, but you're right. I, I, I'm not a big fan of any of these relievers coming in for a second inning yeah. that aren't used to it. Because it just, it just feels like um, that... You know, if they if they sit down and they come back, they're never they're never as good. I mean, it very. I mean, sometimes they are, I'm sure, but a lot of times it just seems like they struggle. But you know, last night there were some people off limits. There's some people that they didn't want to use, and Andrew Miller threw what like seven pitches in that inning. I get it. Yeah, I don't no, know. I agree. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So that's fine. Maybe you pull him after the first batter. Definitely, you pull him after the second one. Fine, and you bring a Cabrera, and you're right. Cabrera has been good. I forget this because Cabrera struggled a lot this earlier in the year, but he's been very dominant. Yeah. I mean, if you take the second half um, up until the last Pittsburgh game, and that's kind of the key that we're getting at, you know, he didn't give up any runs and, and baseball reference is going to spin. So I can't tell you exactly how, but it was, yeah. but you know, he went from July 17th to August 19th, no runs. And it looks like about two hits in that span. So yeah, he'd been really good. I mean, he's still walking some guys, but not as many, you know, he gave up the three runs against Pittsburgh on Saturday. And at the time, you know, I think you and I may have talked a little bit about it too, not on the show up six was after that, but you know, in, in messages that you wondered if, he was hitting the wall. Yeah. Comes out yesterday um, against, or Wednesday against Detroit, you know, no big trouble. Two strikeouts, boom, right through. And then last night. So either, either he's hitting a wall or Pittsburgh has figured him out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, nine runs in an inning, basically, because he got three outs last time and none <laughs> last night. Yeah. 
you know, so if that's the case, and Mike Schultz seems to indicate that he thought that last night, right? After yeah. the game. If you had any indication of that before the game, mm-hmm. you know, one, are you bringing Cabrera in? But two, aren't you a little bit more proactive in thinking that – now, maybe they didn't. Maybe they just, just kind of wrote off Saturday as a, you know, these things happen. But to some degree, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if – you. but to me, any no matter what you think, they had to get somebody up faster than they did last night. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah I was surprised by that as well. And you're just like, even in a situation, I felt like he's done that to Reyes this year, also, yeah. to where it's a riding it out, not to earn confidence type situation, and it buries them. Um, that uh, you know, maybe chinks in the armor, you know, on our spinning the show. Or my, I won't put, I won't throw you to the bu- under the bus on my opinion, Shield. You know, because I feel like yeah. we're we're seeing a lot of those things that are very similar to Matheny that are tough, but if I have historically supported. You know, but you see where they are. You know, they're a game or two above 500 at the end of August. Um, yeah, I thought that was weird as well because, and, and, you know, Dan called it early. He was like, he said, he, this is, he's getting hit harder than, than he's gotten hit all year. You know, this is a, you know, type of situation. Is there, and, and Kiel was, was thinking the same thing. You know, I'm glad they said that because immediately I thought, is he hurt? Yeah. Kind of like the Flaherty deal. When right. Flaherty was throwing BP, that's just not him. Non-competitive at bats, and I thought, is he hurt? I go, is this what is this what we're going to find out? <laughs> so when I heard that, I felt a little bit better about it. But he, I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was sitting right here watching it with Amber, and I said, I can't believe they're touching him up like this. And I wasn't mad, you know, nothing yeah. like that. I was like, this is out of character for him. I go, this is one of their better relievers. If they're getting to him, the rest of the season is going to be slow, and we're going to see some young guys play. And then the bomb happened. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, the, uh, the, and I was like, man, this is crazy at that point. I mean, it was almost laughable, but, but you're right. You're just like, that's a little late to figure that out. Uh, if something was wrong. Well, and it feels like Cabrera has been, especially of late, so dominant. I kind of went back and looking at the game logs. It really kind of feels like if he gives up a hit, you know, chances are he doesn't have it, you know what? And, and I'm, so I'm not saying that after the first hit they should have had somebody. And again, the the which also plays to Mike Shields' defense. That was you know what they had four batters and six pitches. I mean that was you know they were hitting everything first thing. Now granted you have you know you mound visits, you have step offs, you have things that you can do to try to you know delay to get somebody warmed up. And I don't think I mean just listening to Dan, I know. Uh, Vince Rudy mentioned it on Twitter this morning. I didn't. I didn't remember this necessarily, but you know they didn't warm anybody up until after the mound visit, which at that time it's already tied, or it's at least within. Maybe maybe they tied it up right after the mound visit. I can't remember, but anyway, it felt a little bit late to getting somebody warmed up, and you know they're warming up haunts, which makes me think that either Gallegos wasn't available, which he had pitched. I don't know. He hadn't pitched. I had the usage up sheet up a while ago and I've lost it now, but um, he didn't, he pitched in the, yeah, he pitched against the Tigers. So, um, so either they went with, they went with the formula on Wednesday. Yeah. And that's that's what, and that's so, you know, but even then, I mean, why aren't you, you know, the game's on the line and I get, you want to have Cabrera there and you get that there's some other guys, you know, Luis Garcia, I think was probably off limits last night. I think, um, you know, they'd already used McFarlane. You know, there wasn't, 
I think it was Ponce, Gallegos, Junior Fernandez, Reyes. And, you know, out of those four, I mean, I think Gallegos was really the only, only option if you wanted to try to stop the bleeding right there. Um, and for some reason, they didn't do that. And if it was if it was saving him for the eighth, then that's wrong. I mean, there's just no doubt. Yeah. If there was a, you know, again, if it was a guy, he's just not ready tonight, he needs to die it off, we really don't have him available, that's a different story. But, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, but I just, yeah. it did feel like that he was slow to understand that. Because I think you're right. After the first hit, I'm like, eh. And then the second hit, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is not going well. You know, yeah. there's going to be somebody getting up, and it, it just didn't happen. Now, again, I don't think if Mike Schilt was as proactive as possible, I think that game still gets tied. Because I don't think he could have gotten – I mean, first of all, you know, three batters he Kerber has to face. Um, you know, by the fourth batter, I think, is when it tied it up, or maybe fifth. But um, – I don't know that he could have gotten away with it out being tied. And I don't know that given the way the bases were you know, loaded and such, I'm not sure that we could have, he could have gotten out of that inning with even a tie, but still felt like he should have more. And there's no reason Cabrera should have stayed in. I don't think and faced whatever his name is. Cause I can't say it. Cause he's, but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I got the you. Guy that apparently has, has taken over. Aramis Ramirez's spot because the guy's got four home runs now in his season. And I think that's his career. And he three of them against the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, he is destroying the Cardinals and at a rate that's uh, insane, but you know, I just, I mean, it was lefty lefty. So, okay. But still felt like you got to get the bar out of there by then. Yeah. I mean, they, you know what, both of them, um, at Sutsuko and Moran, are killing car are killing mm-hmm. the Cardinals. It's one of those you're just like you may have to go get them. If not, they're going to hurt you. Yeah, you know what I mean. One of those situations. It, it's nuts. So I I know what you mean. I mean it was it was a head scratcher all the way around. And in the back back of my mind, I'm thinking, man, Cabrera has been you know almost no doubt one of your three best bullpen arms this year, and probably your best in the past month. And for to him to be touched up like this probably tells you a lot more about your team than anything. I said, but he probably shouldn't have had to go out there to uh, suffer that the whole time regardless. Right. And you wonder if Ryan Helsley is available that yeah. he in that. But, of course, Helsley's out and probably is for the rest of the year, it sounds like. Unfortunately. I think I think it's definite, yeah. Yeah. And um, so there's been some hits there, too. I mean, there's been, you know, LeBlanc's gone, who's a guy that, you know, being pushed out of the rotation might have been an option somewhere in that mix, you know, um, and Helsley's out. So, you know, of course, we know Jordan Hicks has been gone the whole year. I think we just kind of immediately mentioned that. But um, so there, you know, again, I don't think Schilt was blameless in that inning. I do think that he didn't necessarily get all of the blame. And I do wonder, yeah. you know, last and we Saturday, just don't know what's going on in that bullpen anyway. Exactly. You know? exactly. And Saturday, if you remember, it was really kind of weird because Cabrera was out there on the mound, but he was like walking around, you know, he was walking, looking at the, I mean, he was like, he was mad about something, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Remember that? And I don't know if it was, he figured out that they knew something about his pitches or, I don't know. It was really, it was weird. And the fact that that was against the Pirates and that, you know, he gave up three runs that night. He gives up six runs tonight. Maybe there's something going on there. Yeah, there that's is, very true. They got to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> or we're not going to see them and they're going to be at, uh, you know, and they have three games left and that's going right. to be tough. 
Yeah, yeah that's it's it's crazy. I mean, it's one of those to where do you kind of wish with the with the emergence of Garcia and the fact that he can get guys out and throw 100 miles an hour to give him a shot at maybe closing out some games to where you could stretch Reyes out multiple innings, especially if you have plans to start him next year, wouldn't that make some sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. I don't – but, you know, we don't – I don't understand the Reyes thing at all. I mean, I don't. I don't get it. You know, um, Schultz on the – I heard Schultz today, and they've kind of back in their window down. Now they're saying, well, they'd like to get him to 80 to 100 innings, which it was 100 innings at the beginning of the year, and they're still not going to get him to 80. That's what um, I was going to say. Is that impossible yet? I yeah. mean, I think they said he's on pace for like 74. So he's going to have to have some of these two or three outings. But I agree. I would, especially if they get out of things, I think that's the time where you start shifting him to the, you know, opener type of spot and let somebody else see if they can close. I would like that. I mean, especially, I mean, one, I feel like I know this is, this is tense and there's a line drawn on how the race should be handled. I would like for him to get a legit chance to start. And what I mean by that is I don't want the ceremonial one start in spring training knowing full well he's going to the back of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Give him a run. I mean, if you if it's one of those situations to where he can't do it, well, then you know he can pitch in the back of a bullpen. You know, one of those things. But you got to figure it out one way or the other. And that, that kind of concerns me because I think they're going to go, hey, we have so many so much starting pitching next year regardless. We're just not going to have room, which, which I can't stand because we see how well that worked this year. But, I, you know, and yeah, and that's not good. Um, I don't think they would do that because they have been pretty adamant along the way that they want him to be the starter. Unlike like Trevor Rosenthal. Rosenthal is always the one that comes to mind. Right. Right. He, he was the one that pushed for it. He wanted to, and they were like, well, maybe we'll try it, you know, but this has been, we want Alex Reyes to be a starter for whatever reason. And then, you know, if you listen to the Ben Humphreys over at the Cardinals off day, he's not convinced that Reyes can be a starter because of his control issues, which, you know, maybe they get better if he's not trying to throw harder, but he's always had control issues. Yeah. His history is the only thing that gives me pause about any of this, you know, what, what I worry about is that they plan on Reyes in their rotation next year. So they don't go out and get, maybe a starting pitcher that could help and uh, then yeah. can't do it. And then you're in this situation where you're trying to fill that hole where you could have filled it out because they're not consistently not getting insurance. They're not getting to go out and get a miles Michaelis type, you know, um, or maybe even, you know, re-sign KK or something. Cause they're going to say, Oh, we've got Alex Reyes and he's going to pitch 150 innings in this. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's going to be great. And it doesn't work that way. That's where they get themselves into trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This morning I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, okay, so next year you're going to look at, I mean, I'm going to say some pretty scary things on this, but I'm not so certain that you shouldn't be, have some concern about Flaherty now. Mm. Um, you know, that, that worries me a little bit, you know, shoulders are crazy. Cause that takes a longer, that takes longer to come back. Now they do get better quickly with rest, but we're talking about six months of rest. So that's going to that's going to set him back a little bit. So potentially you're looking at a if Wainwright comes back, you're looking at Flaherty, Wainwright, Michaelis, Hudson. Yeah. And then yeah, that's exactly. I, mean, I said I got to say that by doing that myself. But uh, and then you think that that Libertor is going to get the first shot? I would assume. Uh, probably, but you know what? I, I think they are. Are there Oviedo's in that mix too? 
Um, yes, that's that's very true. Because Libertor has pitched a little bit better of late, but he's not pitched well enough this season that just says he's got to be in their majors. Yeah. I think that's the reason he's not on the 40 man now, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that could have been the trip playing all along. I don't know. I mean, it. it's not, I think that's one of the reasons they're not going to put him, bring him up now, you know, for the, like in the two, the extra spots in September, you know, they're not bringing up Libertor. I know Jeff Jones asked this week, you know, would Libertor be in the mix for that Sunday start before they announced it was going to be Kim and, and Mo basically said, you know, we've got enough innings on this roster, which is, a you know, saying, no, we don't have to go add him. So, yeah. Um, and if they didn't add him earlier in the year, I don't think they add him sure. now. And, you know, again, yeah, that's one of those things. If he comes into, and they get to that spot where, well, hey, if, they, if he comes into spring training and he pitches lights out, then we can consider it. But if not, it doesn't hurt him to start at Memphis again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I'm sure they're going to handle Thompson the same way and everybody else, you know, and that, like, like we always talk about every year. The Memphis roster or the Memphis rotation next year has a chance to be pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the guys that don't make it up here. But I don't know. The offseason is going to be so interesting. I think – I know that Molina pushed – I know we're probably going to get to this in a little bit. I think that was a Molina-driven extension. I think that's probably going to lead to a pretty quick Wainwright. If he wants to play, he's going to come back. And then it's going to be interesting to see how things go. Yeah, I – I sense that skepticism in your voice. Well, I I think there's a couple of ways that next year can go, right? I mean, it can be this full throttle celebration of Cardinals. And, you know, they could bring back Molina. By the way, okay, I thought that's not what you are going to say. I have a very unpopular take on that, but go ahead. Okay. Um, They're going to bring back Molina. They're going to bring back Wainwright. They could bring back – I mean, they could bring back Albert, right? I mean, because assuming there's a DH next year, which is assumption, uh, just as about a good of assumption, assuming that there is, is a next year. Um, and between DH and first base and pinch hitting, and he's looked good enough with the Dodgers. I don't, I think he could be a convenient bat. He's better than Matt Carpenter is this year. So, you know, you could just go all in on this last year of greatness thing. Um you can also do some of that. You can still do that and still make this push for, Hey, they need to be one more world series for these guys. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. That's the best parting gift to me. Yeah. And I just, but I don't see this team. It would be very out of character for this team to go out and then, you know, get enough quality players in here that they're a world series I mean, they're not going to, there's no way they're going to be a World Series favorite, I don't think, because of the Dodgers and some oh, other, yeah, yeah. A couple other teams. But they could be a World Series favorite, you know, or a, a World Series contender um, if they if they made the right moves. I mean, you got Goldschmidt and Arnado, you got Wainwright, assuming Flaherty's healthy, which is, again, you're right, is, a, is an assumption. But, you know, you get another starter, you bring in something to replace. Maybe middle infield, maybe you do improve the outfield a little bit. You know, there are moves you can make, and I don't think you have to necessarily just break the bank entirely open. But I don't know which way they're going to go with that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's funny. I think that uh, I here's my issue with the Pujols deal. Mm. I don't want I don't want Albert to come back to take away from the. I, I, I don't think it's fair to Molina and Wainwright for him to come back. 
mm. especially if they're going to if they're planning it like this, because I think that takes a lot of away a lot, a lot of things away from the guys that have stayed there, um, and guys that have spent a lot of times in, in, a lot more time in the Cardinal uniform. Not to, I have zero issues with, with Pujols. I will tell you how I feel about Albert, though. I think that he's so prideful that he's going to push for 700 pretty hard. I think that, that maybe one of his best options is to stay in L.A. to do that. Um, because, one, they've obviously known how to use him, and I think that he means a lot to the, to the club there to do that. Um, I don't know if that would be the situation in St. Louis. And I'll tell you another thing, too. I want to know how much the ballpark would factor into that. That's a fair point, too. You know, because I don't – I think that that's going to be a push, and, I, and I'm not so certain that he wants to come back to St. Louis as a part-time player either. Uh, but it's obviously that there's not the clear ramp unless you have that DH role, and I don't know if they would use him all the time, even if he was. Well, and I don't want him – I mean, I wouldn't want him used all the time yeah. that way anyway. Um, it feels to me – you're right. The Dodgers seem to have, have used him well. Um, I don't know if they would be willing to um, bring him back next year. I don't know what they're, you know, cause it was part of it was, was injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. He has, he has really hit left-handed pitching though. Which yeah. Is something the Cardinals have needed. Um, so they're, you know, for the whole year, he's hitting three Oh five against lefties. So, you know, if you're some sort of a platoon situation where he's, you know, facing lefties and stuff like that, you're right. I don't know. He's going to want 700 and you're right that the ballpark is not a, it's not great for that. That said, Dodger Stadium in either. That's um, that was. Well, I was just getting ready to say the thing that I was like, somebody's going to blow my argument out of the water because I don't know how to look that stuff. Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Dodger Stadium has typically been a pitcher's park. San yeah, it's is typically a pitcher's park. Um, you do get Arizona and you do get Colorado, but you know the Cardinals. You know, you're playing in in uh, Great American. You're playing in Wrigley, uh, Brewers. You know, the American family. Um, even and, and Albert always left PNC. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's probably just as much reason. It just, it will depend on if he's willing to be part-time. And I, it's fair. It's a really good point that you, you put there that it would have the tendency or could have the tendency to overshadow Molina and Wainwright with the return. Um, instead of, yeah, I guess it just depends on if it overshadows or if it amplifies it, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, just that idea of, but this Man, also puts the Cardinals in such a spot, though. If those three came back next year, and we know Molina is, I think you're right. Wainwright's going to sign fairly soon. I don't think he would dare turn down Yachty and Molina anyway, because Molina's told him to, to do it. Um, if those three come back, it's going to be really hard to not draw some comparisons about what this team has been and what this team is going forward, especially if they struggle, right? You know, if they're playing like this next year with those three guys looking to retire, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of articles about what's the future of this team. What does this team look like? Where, you know, is it time to just completely clean house? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't don't know, but it's really interesting. I hadn't hadn't really thought about, you know, the bringing back of Albert um, overshadowing those two guys. I still think, you know, they're going to get a ton of, a ton of love for sure. Um, now, with Yachty signing this extension, and I feel like we're probably branching, but that's fine. Um, you know, somebody's dropped some 
charges into the sacred timeline and we're just branching off everywhere. <laughs> um, but with Yachty, purple Sonny, hue everywhere. Right. Uh, with Yachty that extension, do you think it does? I don't remember it really being noted in the article. So maybe I missed them that he has an expectation of you know, playing only 120 games or something like that. So it's not going to be, I mean, he's still going to be the starter, but he's not necessarily going to be the full-time guy. I think the fact that we're seeing a whole lot of Kisner now kind of has that indication that he's probably willing to play two out of two out of three instead of, you know, eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. And it's a uh, it's, it's situation where I think that I, – I think he would have had more pushback, social media-wise, on the contract if he was playing every day. You know what I mean? I think the fact that in the last two to three weeks that you've seen Kisner playing more, I think that's kind of been more accepting of, oh, okay, yeah, I think that's how it's going to work, that there's probably going to be a timeshare. And realistically, I think there is, just because he plays so much better with rest. And I hopefully they, they had, they've proven that. Um, but, you know, it, it's uh, – I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but I do think that a timeshare is in the works. I Here's my thing. Do you think you could see a situation where Kisner plays 60 games next year? With a healthy Yadier Molina? Yeah. I think 50 is probably your litmus test for a, a backup. I think 60 would get ultimate value out of Molina. 60 would be reasonable in that ballpark because, I mean, that's, you know, a third of a season is 54 games. Um, and and right now, you know, like we said, we're seeing Yachty take play two of every three. You know, Yachty's going to catch Adam Wainwright every time out, obviously. Um, but I would think you could get in that 50 to 60 range without too much of a, you know, downgrade on what Yachty's doing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you start seeing Kisner play 70 to 80, then, you know, Yachty's – got a chance of feeling like oh, I'm not the starter anymore, or this is a timeshare or whatever. And that maybe he may be fine with that in his last season. I don't know. But you know, if, if Kisner's playing 50 to 60, then it's really easy for him to say, well, I'm still, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm the starter. I'm, I'm the guy. And he's just playing a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's in, I just, I will kind of wonder that was the first number that popped into my mind just because, you know, symmetrically it makes so much sense. But, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like that would be such an advantage for someone pushing 40 and someone who has a history of, uh, of a playing well with rest that I just think it would be beneficial for him. I mean, every other team basically has a timeshare at catcher, even the ones that, you know, real Muto and those guys. I mean, I, I think Molina's like fifth in innings caught right now, and he was out with injury at one point. You know, yeah. that's, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hope that we see less. I mean, you know, love Yachty, and Yachty's amazing. Ah, no, so, I completely agree. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that you see out of him. Um, but, you know, I do hope that we see him a little bit less, because I think that it's good for him, too, right? I mean, we've talked about it. We talked about, look how, how well he did in April, right? Um, and that was partly because last year he didn't play 162 games, you know? Um, I feel like that was that rest helped. Now, then he got into that grind, and things kind of kind of stepped down. But, you know, if he's taken you know, if he's basically playing two out of every three games and getting those days off, you know, the off days in general and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't think you ever DH him um, because, 
right now Yachty's probably more valuable behind the plate than at it. Yeah. But, you know, if you had to, or, you know, just to get him, you know, a, a play or something. But, yeah, I think that you could – I think that's the kind of that mix that you would, would like to see next year. Because I think that's – I mean, there's no – I mean, Kisner – there's no guarantee that Kisner's – there's no guarantee Kisner's a major league player, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he looks good by fairly good behind the plate, but he's still struggling to hit. And you know, maybe if he's playing on a more regular basis, we'll see a little bit more of that. But you may not want him out there for more than fifty or sixty games. You may get that and say, okay, now we have an idea of what Kisner can do. We it's easier to move on to Ivan Herrera, or hey, maybe we can develop this. Yeah, and you know, there's a part of me that that wonders if it's going to be Kisner. Period. You know, if they don't bring in somebody or somebody that's on their 40 man now, or you know what I'm saying, to, to share time with them and maybe Kisner moves on. That wouldn't surprise me at all. And then also, kind of, I wonder if it would turn into a situation to where the catch team does become a timeshare to where Molina gets the majority next year and then potentially retires, yep. you know, at the end of the season. And Kisner and, and Herrera have it after that. If not, they have a veteran that shares time with them that way. I, I'd kind of wonder if that's the direction they would go, but. I mean, I, I all bets are off right now at the roster. I, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I honestly, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. It's it's one of those where you feel like they're not going to be a World Series contender because you're going to have the Dodgers, Milwaukee's going to have their pitching, and it's just going to be one of those to where you kind of feel like in maybe a second tier after the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do wonder if they couldn't go get a middle infielder to shore up something like that and, and maybe a veteran to be that fourth outfielder if they're not convinced it's going to be Newt Bar, bar or you want to push for somebody that, that can play every day. If they're not, right up there at the top of the division. But but I just don't know. I mean, I, I honestly have no 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 clue of the direction that they're going to choose. No, I don't know either. I, and that's you know something we can discuss later on, but I, I think that, you know, as September rolls around, it's a good chance. There's a possibility we'll be, and it may be kind of interesting to see how they do September with who plays and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, I know you've talked before the show, and I agree with you. It's very interesting to see how much they've played in Mundo Sosa. And, and it's fairly, I mean, he deserves to play. I mean, he's definitely played better than Paul DeYoung has this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you get to play it all the time. I'm not necessarily sold on Edmundo Sosa as a daily player, but I do like seeing him out there. And he does yeah. feel like he he's not overmatched like he was early on. And he brings a lot more energy to this to the field, it feels like, than maybe DeYoung does. Maybe that's because DeYoung does a lot of striking out and, and not going yeah. on. You know, you know, Sosa's hitting doubles or triple. He hit that home run last night. He plays a very smooth and... and you know, stylish defense. Um, he just, I, I like seeing him out there and I'm glad that he's out there more often. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And it's, uh, it, it, it's funny. I felt like the last, the last three years, I felt like shit was a different manager when it came to the second half of the season, especially down the stretch. Not a lot of third time through the lineups for pitchers, a lot of switches, a lot of movement, you know, playing hot hands. I, it may be more indicative of the roster that he hasn't been like this, but one area that I am impressed is how much he's played Sosa. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate that for the young. You know me, because I keep thinking, okay, here we go. Now he's going to get going. But 
when I looked at looked at numbers and you see that not only this year, but last year in the end of 19, even the year that I've been bragging about forever was 30 homers right. and 30 doubles. He wasn't yeah. that good toward the toward the end. Really and that's something. Top topped out after May. And yeah. He, and he, didn't he actually do that the year before as well to where we thought, okay, he's obviously getting tired. He can't play every day. Right. Um, you know, I just, I think the, I don't want to say experiment, but I think that that becomes the area where you, you need to improve. Yet you're going to have to find someone up the middle, you know, offensively because things just aren't worked out. But I really like the energy that Sosa brings, and I really like the energy that Newt Bar brings. And that that has been welcome for a team that has honestly been boring for a majority of the season. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has been. And, of course, you know, if you've got a, a lineup that doesn't do anything, that makes yeah. it boring. You know? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the offense is more, the most indicative of the flat team. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody – if your pitching staff's going, of course, if your pitching staff is blowing up, it's not necessarily boring, but it's not fun to watch, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, but boring is uh, when, you know, it's three up, three down, which is a, a pretty good indication. And, you know, we saw that um, we saw that in the last night, like you said. Yeah, the eighth. I mean, you just knew. I mean, you're just like, well, forget it. I mean, well, you, know know I mean? you know, they struck out three times at the eighth and then they yeah. put one, two, three in the ninth as well. Yeah. But that brings me to the one thing I really do kind of have a question about with Mike Schilt from last night. I mean, again, we've talked about some of those other issues, but he let Tyler O'Neill hit in the ninth <sighs> inning. And, you know, the broadcast is talking about how it, it obviously was not – O'Neill was not comfortable necessarily hitting there. You're down by four in the ninth. Let Kisner take the at-bat. You're not going – you're not doing anything, you know. Um, don't run the risk of aggravating an injury on a guy that you need back. It seemed very weird to send him up there if he wasn't a hundred, you know, at least felt like he was hundred percent or pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I was worried about O'Neill after the, the, the pinch hit on Wednesday where he slipped on the bag. Mm. I mean, it looked like he was, you know, my age. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah. After when he got passed, I was like, oh man, this is not good. So to see on my side, I'm always one of those that optimistically you're thinking, oh, man, this is cool. And then when you think more about it, it's like, eh, this is probably not the best move here. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, what are you holding Kisner back for? You know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's frustrating. I mean, if you tie it up and go to the extra innings. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, okay. You'll figure it out. Um, but you know the odds of that happening with you know one out in the ninth and nobody on are really really slim, um, especially with this lineup. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't get it. And I, you know, again that's that's kind of the idea of it, that they don't you know um, not using these players sometimes to the best ability. I mean we've talked about that with Newbar. It took injuries for Newbar to get any kind of really playing time, and even then there was some part of well is Jose Rondon going to play? Which Rondon didn't. Did he bat last night? Mm, you know what? I, I I don't I to quote me after the seventh inning would be rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just be honest yeah. here. I, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's absolutely fair. I I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of messing with my phone and stuff. You know, yeah, that's it. But you know, I was just kind of thinking. You bring Tyler O'Neill up, it must be because there's nobody left on the bench. Um, no, Rondon didn't bat last night. The only pinch hitters they used were Carpenter and O'Neill. So that's a really – I mean, again, if you've got – if it's a one-run game, sure, you you send it up to the 
you know, you know, give it to O'Neill. Let's see if he can tie it up. You know, runner on, sure. But a four-run game, why are you sending up a guy that's been out for the whole game because of injury when you've got other, I mean, assuming, again, we assume this, uh, they're they're on the active roster, so they, we assume that they're healthy enough to play. Yeah. Why aren't you sending up? Or, or Paul DeYoung, even. Why did Paul yeah. DeYoung take that bat? Why did Tyler O'Neill take that at bat when he probably didn't need to, you know, because uh, if Tyler O'Neill doesn't start today, he's obviously still hurt. Yeah, and then you you've aggravate you run the risk of aggravating that and letting you be out for longer for a meaningless at bat. Yeah, and I I mean I question whether he'll be in the lineup tonight. Oh, I doubt he will be. Yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know, just are, frustrating are you, stuff. Are you a little bit concerned? There, there always seems to be players like this, and I I think back when I was growing up. It was Paul Molitor early in his career. As all, he never could play a full season. Yeah. Uh, later on in his career, he was obviously dead, and you know, obviously made it to the Hall of Fame and stuff. But um, it feels like O'Neill's always got something. something. I, I, I don't blame him for that. I'm not saying that that's wrong, and I'm not saying we should get rid of him or anything like that. But you know, this year it's been the strain back. It's been the peanut allergy. It's been the, the COVID shot. It's been. It's a couple of things. I, he's been scratched late more than anybody else. <laughs> you know, it's like the lineup yeah. comes out and then, oh, wait, no, he's not playing today. And, and I get that these are just kind of weird kind of things. But I mean, is it just one of those? Is it just a bad year for him and he'll be fine? Or is this something that you concerned about? I know somebody came into my Twitter comments and say, well, he should lay off the weightlifting because that's why the back's following it. Like, my back hurts that I don't agree with. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't know. Or is that some of that? I mean, that was the, that was the, the, the thing back in the eighties, right? You didn't lift weights a lot because you get muscle bound you get over to, you know, too much and you'd be hurt all the time. And obviously that's not the case anymore, but you know, is there kind of, is there anything to this or is it just kind of, you know, a lot of things coming together? Right, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's that was two. The two questions were ever if could he ever cut down on the strikeouts and could he stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure he's answered one of the questions this year. I'm not sure answer sure he's answered the health question. Yeah. You know, that's and that that it's a little bit concerning. But you're right. I thought the same thing. I was like, it, it he's in and out of the lineup more than anybody. You know what I mean? It was it was so funny that when we found out that it was uh, Carlson that one time because we hadn't seen anybody do as frequently as O'Neill had. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's. I feel like their outfield is done enough next year to give it another run, and I, that may not be the popular opinion either, just because we've seen. I don't know the patience that that everybody has has given them to see what becomes of this outfield. It may have worn thin when it doesn't just not knock it out of the park, literally. You know, so so I'm not sure, but yeah, it's right. This will be a question forever. You know, until he proves that he can't play full season, which he may not ever. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, he's played at least well well enough this year that you're going to – you want him out there for next year. There's – you we talked about those upgrades, and it feels like if you're going to do something in the outfield, boy, it kind of feels like Harrison Bader might be back on the on the target list, right? I know his the defense is still there, but that offense is – you know, he had that really great month, and it's just kind of vanished since. Yeah. I don't know if the people figured out how to pitch to him, if he lost whatever he was doing, but – he seems to have really, it feels like, I don't remember the last time Harrison Bader had a, a big moment at the plate. Do you? 
Uh, I, it's been even after, even with the hot month, it has seemed like it's been a while. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, and you know, it's funny. I, I still just defensively, and the fact that it, it, they just look like, like a different team when he's in center, it still wouldn't surprise me to extend him. And I'm not so certain that's the right move. I, I, I just don't know. I Bader, Bader is such an odd player because he can make a he can make such a difference on the bases, and and. It, it, I don't know. It just seems like the same situation we talked about last year. See, for the month of August, he's played in 22 games. Um, he has hit 157. He has a triple. That's his only extra base hit. He has struck out 28 times in 91 plate appearances, drawn six walks. I mean, so yeah, it's it's like if you can line it up real well, he's he's going to do great, but. You know, we talked about that, you know, at one time. Well, he should be leading off. And uh, we were, you know, even you and I, you know, that was kind of that, that, that buzz around it. And yeah. you know, I were like, well, he's already starting to slip off. And, and now you see this. I mean, how bad would it be if he was, was leading off? You know, again, it's kind of like what they said earlier about Colton Wong. It's what they've said about Yadier. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. the lineup is hitting, they don't have to play. But, I mean, they don't have to hit. You want them Yeah, to exactly. But, you know, next year – you're going to have Yadier Molina out there, which is basically not in completely black hole it offensively, but really close. You know, if you're playing Tommy Edmond every day, I mean, Edmond has, you know, surprisingly, you know, I know uh, you know, you were pointed out this week. It really surprised me, you know, right up there in the league league with doubles, but that seems to be about all his game has. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's still not necessarily, he's, he's been hitting of late. It just, there's not a lot. There's no walks. There's nothing else of that. You can upgrade there. Um, you know, if you're running to young out there, which hopefully, I, you know, even young or so. So, you know, you, I don't know that this offense is strong enough is what I'm getting at. Sure. Let Bader and Molina play if they're not producing. And that may be the problem. Yeah. Well, that's, that's well put because that turns into a, I think that you're pretty comfortable right now with, with Arnold Goldschmidt and you feel pretty comfortable with where Carlson's coming along. And you probably, I think that you could probably count on O'Neill for a little bit. If he's on the field, four bats in the lineup, Yeah, probably need another one regardless. But what I think that you have with the, with your Bears, with your Molinas and now with your DeYoung, and that's not even counting Edmund just because I think that we know what Edmund is and he may be a little overexposed. But with those three that we just mentioned, that's your those are more hope than certainty. You know what I mean? And the division leading lineups don't have a lot of that. You know, that's that's what I thought was funny whenever Milwaukee was in town. And they are their bench is good. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, man, that's that would that would be nice to have that kind of situation where you have guys hit, but I mean, it kind of drops off after f- after five and possibly eh, maybe six if you wanted to count Edmund. But but yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's not a very good lineup in that situation. And and, and I think that you just I, I think that we've seen enough to where there needs to be at least another pickup to lengthen the lineup a little bit because and that may even be you know two bench bats, but they're they're just in a tough spot because there's too much hope and too much too much of the lineup. Yeah, it does feel like, um, you know, if, and of course, you, you know, it's kind of interesting that they split um, Dolschmidt and Arenado up with Carlson now, which is cool. I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see how that works. But it does feel like if 
like if Arnauto got a base hit to put runners on the corners with one out, you don't expect that runner to score. You know, it, it's it's because you don't expect five, six, or seven to take care of it, especially with O'Neill out. I mean, if O'Neill's in there, that's a different story. But there comes a point in that lineup where you just, you hope that, you know, Arnauto or O'Neill comes through because if they don't, even if you've got a couple outs to play with, you don't expect it. I mean, there's right. We kind of saw that um, on on Wednesday night, on Wednesday afternoon, with the uh, with the Tigers game and the extra innings. Right? You know, they loaded it up, but then it was, you know, it was loaded it up with what one out, and you had DeYoung and Newt Bar coming up. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like you know, if DeYoung didn't hit into a double play. I mean, then you got Newt Bar with two outs, and that's, I mean, two outs is just tough anyway, because, you you know, anything, you know, fly ball. You know, yeah. You know, what, but, and thankfully Newt Bar came through, but it just felt like, oh, great, we've got bases loaded, but it doesn't mean that they're going to do anything. Yeah, and that's it. You know, the smart play there is to uh, is to walk the guy to the young, and you and I were texting back and forth. I said, well, in this situation, you're probably going to get one of two things regardless, you know, so hopefully that doesn't backfire, and the season go further down the drain because he hits into a double play, you know, and that's that. And when at, that hurts me to say that because I felt like DeYoung has so much potential and it's, it's the, the drop off is, is pretty crazy, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they just have no length to the lineup. It's very difficult. You have no, there's a lot of second and third situations where, you know, teams are going to score. Even when, when facing the Cardinals, you're like, okay, well, you're going to give up a run here at least. So let's right. try to limit the damage. There's times where the Cardinals are in that situation where I get put sweaty palms wondering if they're going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes, becomes frustrating when they don't. So anyway, um, it, it's a big week for the Cardinals. I mean, you're right. They got to win. They got to pretty much win all three games against Pittsburgh. And I feel like we said that one time, you know, against Pittsburgh to show a couple well, what, a few months ago or something. It was like, yeah, they, you know, they lost the first one, but they got to win the rest of them. And they won like one of the next three. So <laughs> that's yeah. the, the Wainwright start. Um, hopefully they can win something else besides that. Um, and then they've got the Reds uh, before they start next, the Reds and the Brewers next week is, you know, the schedule is done for the Cardinals. I mean, these, these three games right here, Except for the times where they face the Cubs. And again, it's the Cubs, and I know they've given up everybody. Yeah. But those games, Cardinal Cubs games don't matter. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter what the schedule, what the results are. And they They're, still have Hendricks. Yeah. And they'll yeah. probably face the Cardinals seven times. And six yeah. Times. He'll, go to a, he'll throw two of a three game series. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. Because he won't throw enough pitches to, to matter. Yeah. Have a, that's a, a doubleheader. So they've got the four games in Wrigley because they got a doubleheader and then three games at the end of the season. But those are the – basically, I, I don't really consider the Mets – I mean, the Mets are still in the hunt. They're – I wouldn't say they're an easy team. So, yeah, September's, September's tough. So the Cardinals got to win this weekend, um, and then we'll see what they do against the Reds. Um, and maybe next week we're really talking about the offseason because it may yeah. be, you know, it may be – a deciding week it could be a deciding week one way or another, I guess. Um, so, which means the Cardinals win just enough to be interesting, but not enough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll prolong this conversation next week. <laughs> Probably so. Uh, so, until next week, um, that's Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. They just won't go away. <laughs>